1: Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Hope you are having an awesome week. Now, this particular episode that I'm about to share, I recently recorded on women in leadership. Now, some of you may not know that I have another two podcasts, Women in Leadership podcast and the Christian Entrepreneurs podcast. And I typically have different guests talking about specific themes for those particular podcasts. But every now and again, I have a guest that I think I really want to share this particular topic with you here on the ambitious entrepreneur show and this is one of those shows now in a moment I'll introduce you to Rashida Hatchett and she talks all about what happens when we come to a point in our lives or in our business and our careers where we're going to face overwhelming challenges do we succumb to the pressure Or do we face them head on? Now, I know as an ambitious entrepreneur, you are most likely going to face them head on. You most likely will have developed the muscle of resilience. Every now and again... There comes a time where, especially in the last couple of years, there have been a lot of pressures, probably more pressures, more challenges, more change than any of us have had to adapt and change to in our lifetime. I'm sure you would agree. So I thought today's conversation, the conversation that I had with Rashida is so relevant and I wanted to share that with you. Now, if you're not already a subscriber or if you haven't already popped across to Women in Leadership Podcast, you can do that, Women womeninleadershippodcast.com. Or if you love the Lord and you want to, to integrate faith within your business, how do I do that better? We have lots of those conversations over on the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, we will get you over to that show. So, without any further ado, let's get on to today's show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now my guest today says great leaders aren't great because they're perfect, they are great because they are resilient and joining me on today's show is Rashida Hatchett. Rashida is a registered nurse as well as a leadership coach and through her journey as a registered nurse, she never expected the importance that resilience would have on her career. Now having first-handedly experienced the trauma and burnout that nursing encompasses, Rashida decided to open her own co Coaching practice, Rashida Hatchet Media, and she did that to help other nurses in the same situation to be able to bounce back. Now, the main focus of her practice is to help nurses sharpen or nurse leaders sharpen their leadership skills and their philosophy, build more resilient teams and increase their productivity through coaching as well as uniquely designed strategies. And on today's show, Rashida is going to share ideal resilience-building techniques, how high-achieving leaders can optimize their team's productivity, as well as insights into the stressful life life of a nurse. So welcome, Rashida. Thank you so
0: much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you.
1: Uh, So am I. As we were talking before we went live, we said I think the nursing staff today around the world, you're obviously in the US, I'm here in uh, Australia, have never experienced I would imagine what they're experiencing now with so many changes, so many, uh, yeah, struggles going on in their industry. So everything that you are sharing today is certainly going to be relevant. if you take us back to what was going on for you and what allowed you or made you uh, take that shift because sometimes we don't see that we're getting dangerously near to burnout and so forth and we just keep on going I know nursing is a helping professional of profession often thinking about others before they think of themselves so give us a little bit of a snapshot around what was happening for you
0: Yeah so I was in this kind of awkward uh, position in Mm -hmm. life and, and in my career, I had just switched careers and changed nursing specialties. And I was working in a facility that was in the midst of pure chaos. Um, they were losing their joint commission, um, certification. They were in the middle of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid um, doing a survey because they had already failed multiple times. And so in that role, it got to be where I didn't know when I was going to get off of work. I would go to work and literally would not know if I was going to get mandated to stay because we were short or because there was something else going on. And because of that, I started to have panic attacks. And I remember the very first one, I was pretty close to where my job was and there was a grocery store that I would often stop at and get coffee in the morning. And I got ready to stop and get my coffee and this overwhelming crushing feeling in my chest would not go away. Now, I've recognized it as a panic attack. Certainly, originally, I thought I was having a heart attack. And then um, as I thought, this isn't getting worse. It's kind of staying the same. Okay, this is a panic attack. And it was that moment that I said, I can't do this anymore. Not like this. I need a change. And so many nurses are dealing with that right now where they are in the midst of this organized chaos, if you will. Um, I feel like that's the way our healthcare system works. And they are desperate for something else because not only are they physically broken down, they're emotionally broken down and feeling like there's no relief. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for them. It doesn't seem as though this is changing fast enough. Hmm.
1: And you know it can seem overwhelming, can't it? And and what I've heard other people who have experienced something similar to what you have, and it's it's it just knocks you back, doesn't it? But when you look back, you could probably see the signs that something wasn't right. And obviously, we kind of ignore those. And then the body is has a great way of. Ringing that alarm bell, so to speak. It was interesting. A doctor in New Zealand said something just in the last couple of weeks. You know, the system, the entire system, is broken. So you know, and really needs to be completely rebuilt from the the ground up. But obviously, you know, as an individual or a group of individuals, it's really hard to do that if the system itself continues to put on those those band aids. And one of the things that you know, I'm sure you've learned, and we're going to dive into, you know what are resilient building techniques what are some of those ones that you can implement and I'm sure you've done so often as individuals we think okay if, if I move from one situation to another unless we address what's going on and go through kind of that healing process to that restoration process it is hard to move on so for some nurses they may have moved on but still thinking why am I still struggling have
0: you found that too? Absolutely. Um, I think we do really feel like, oh, I can just switch jobs and this will all go away and it'll be better. Or I can switch my hours so I can go from night shift to day shift and this is all going to change. Um, And in every profession like ours, we've all had those thoughts. If I just change this, if I just tweak that. And the truth is, is that just as you said before, Our systems need an entire culture change. There has to be a change in culture around the way that we work, the way that we nurse, the way that we do the jobs that we do that allows for wellness. And if we don't prioritize that, we're going to continue to see this mass exodus that we're seeing now. And more importantly, we're not going to heal the people who are the most impacted by what's happening, which right now is our healthcare staff, our frontline workers, um, people who have been working through this pandemic day in and day out, whether they are working fast food or at the grocery store or at the hospital. Um, Those are the people who have been the very most affected by this and their wellness has been put on the back burner in order to be the frontline superheroes.
1: Yeah, and thank you for standing up and speaking out because so often, uh, you know, as individuals or even, as I said before, a group of individuals, it can be scary to stand up and speak against uh, an institution which you know that is is broken and you can kind of feel that, well, no one's really hearing me anyway, but then you have a brave person such as yourself who stands up and says, enough is enough. Yeah. And by the way, here's how you can... F- get support for yourself. And there is support there that all of a sudden others say, you know what, she's right. We have to stand up together and do something. So thank thank you so much for, um, for championing this message for those frontline staff. Let's talk about ideal
0: resilience building techniques. What does resilience mean to you? For me, resilience is really about bouncing forward and growing from the things that happen, using those things that happen in order to become better in one way or another. Um, And whether that bettering of yourself is truly inside and just about you, or if it also affects what you're doing outside of yourself, helping other people to get through similar situations or um, being a guide for someone else who is trying to navigate adversity. So whether it's inward or it reflects itself outward, it really is about growing personally and becoming better and thriving on the other side of these bad things that happen in life.
1: Yes, and I love the way that you have uh, shared that and and I love the way that you've uh, summarised that. I totally agree because so often we can look at experiences and not allow ourselves to see actually this can strengthen you in certain ways. If you yeah. let it, if you look at these opportunities as shaping character, as building almost a foundation upon which it's not going to stop you but actually climb on top of that and step up to the to to the next opportunity or wherever that may be. So let's talk about some of the resilient
0: building techniques that you used to help. Yeah. So I think that, you know, building resilience, though it's very personal and it has a lot to do with your resilience factors, those things that were instilled in you from a young age on how you kind of cope with life. Right. And so we know that the better we cope with bad things, the easier it is for us to bounce forward, the easier it is for us to use those bad things that happen, find the silver lining, find the meaning, find the reasoning, and then to move forward. And so many times people are not raised with really good coping skills. They don't know how to effectively deal with adversity. They turn to things that might be destructive or negative in order to just get through. Right. So one of the things that I teach is to be certain that if you are in the midst of some bad thing that you are trying to remain as positive as possible. So you're really saying, OK, this bad thing is here, but it doesn't have to ruin my entire day, week, month, whatever that looks like. And so really framing your life in a way where you are looking and focused on positive things. You're using positive language with yourself. You're looking for the positive in the situation. And we know that that's not always going to be possible. Things are going to come at us and they're going to irritate us and they're going to get underneath our skin. The real big part of this is to just not stay there, right? To give yourself the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm ticked. I'm really irritated that this is happening. This is not okay. This is not what I planned. This is not the way I wanted things to go. To give yourself the grace to feel that, but then to know that you can't stay there. Yes. Right? Yes. Because if you focus on that negativity, that's what will fester. Yeah. And we know that negativity breeds more negativity, but it also has harmful physical, emotional effects on your body. And so we want to release that as much as we possibly can. So really reframing the negative, focusing on the positive, building yourself up with affirmations, building yourself up with positive language toward yourself and really reminding yourself that, Hey, listen, this thing might not be how I want it, but I'm good. Yeah. what's really important about that
1: too I, I um, hear you saying is that whilst the situation itself by doing that and reframing it you're not uh, saying well what's happening is okay that's not what you're saying really it? it's like forgiveness when you're forgiving someone it's not that what they did was could be comp- you know horrible horrendous that's not what we're saying but what we're saying is what you want to do is how you manage how you handle it how it affects you and right. this is exactly what you mean around the resilience the situation may be absolutely you know unacceptable but how it impacts you and moving forward that's what these resilience techniques and reframing is so important when you first started to change your thoughts around something, you know, so often when we, when we uh, try and change something, if it
0: doesn't happen immediately, we go, Oh, that doesn't work, but it's something that you need to do consistently. Right. Yeah. You absolutely have to be consistent with it. So when that negative thought comes, that's, you know, telling you this is not going to work. This thing is never going to get better. It's always going to suck and be this way. Um, when that comes, it's important that each time, you reframe that, you reframe that negative with a positive affirming word to yourself to say, things can change, things will get better, right? And sometimes the get better is that you have to leave the situation. That's, That's a fact that sometimes better is that I'm gonna have to exit because the change that needs to occur isn't happening the way that it should be happening. And because of that, I can't stay this way for much longer. So I'm yeah. looking for an exit strategy and that's okay too. Um, what is important in that is to know that adversity is going to come no matter where you go, you can't avoid it. And so assuring that you're not running, but if you have to make a decision to leave, you're leaving because you've tried to move forward and this place, this environment, whatever that is, doesn't allow for growth. And so then you have to exit.
1: Yes. What would you say then to someone, Rashida, that has, tr- has you know, implemented some of the strategies and techniques that you've shared and then just realised, you know, I can only change so much. However, the, the situation, the environment that I'm in is not conducive. It's really unhealthy and the parameters that they are pressing upon us as a team and as a staff is just not aligned with my core values. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Because sometimes leaving in that situation can often kind of um, stir up some grief there's grief there's loss around that isn't it It, it, and people don't often see that but when you are um, forced if you will you're still making a choice but let it become an empowered choice not that well I had no other option empower yourself to say you know what what was happening was not right and and but but how do we then build resilience if you will Mm -hmm. around when there's grief and loss that perhaps is is now
0: you know we're experiencing that. I think the first part is, is to really acknowledge that feeling, right? Give yourself room, grace to acknowledge that feeling, looking at everything that you've been through and assuring that you're not looking at the situation through rose-colored glasses, I call it, right? Where you're remembering all of the great stuff and all of the wonderful things and, oh, they were trying to change this and they were working on that. Um, Change, as far as the healthcare system goes, is really slow. But that's a choice. It doesn't have to be, right? So, our healthcare staff is crying for change, and our um, higher ups are moving at a snail's pace. Meanwhile, we've got provider and nurse suicides that are on the rise in astronomical numbers and that's not being addressed. So I would say to someone who looks at a situation and goes, man, I don't really wanna do this or I left and now I feel bad, I feel for the patients. I left my team to just deal with this on their own. I left the other staff and now it's worse, right? We know that the more people we lose, the worse it gets. I would say reframing that again to what was best for me. How was my body, how was my mind telling me that this was going to go? Because you can feel it. What was going to happen if you stayed? So assuring that I'm not looking at this thing from the perspective of everything was great and things were moving forward, but I am really looking at it fact-based. What was happening day to day? When we said we needed X, what was happening? Was there real meaningful movement. And if your answers to those questions are no, which was why I needed to change course, then validate that you did all that you could as an individual and that you decided to put yourself first and that's okay.
1: Yeah. And that is so okay. I mean, I'm he- sure we've all heard the analogy around, you know, if, if a plane is going down and the oxygen masks come down, put your own mask on first because yeah. you're no help to anyone if you're not able to breathe. And I remember hearing in another analogy about, um, a, mu- mu- a mother, a mom, as you call them over the, in the U S we call them mums. Um, mm-hmm. If the fruit bowl is empty, she said to the kids, that means mum needs quiet time. And, uh, and and it just meant don't come, I'm, I'm in the quiet place, I need to replenish. And so that's what she did. And that, you know, sometimes as mothers, as nurses, as caring professionals, oh. as, as we have mentioned earlier, we often put ourselves last, but you're not oh. going to be the best person that you can be to support others, even if it is in a different environment, right. um, if you're not taking care of yourself. So So I I totally agree with what you're saying. And, I mean, one of the things that you have done, you are so emboldened, if you will, to stand up and speak out on behalf of, you know, nurses and and nurse leaders because you've experienced it. So there are other ways that you can support an industry, uh, even maybe not inside but from externals, and I think that can go a long way as, as well. So let's talk about just some strategies and initiatives on if someone is there and does have a, a leadership role, how can high-achieving leaders then optimize their teams, you know, at product, you know, productivity-wise, efficiency-wise, even in stressful situations where maybe
0: resources are stretched. Yeah. I think that we have to start with the idea of one really appreciating our team members mm-hmm. and letting them know wholeheartedly that you're appreciated and whatever that looks like for your team, you know, really asking them, what is it that you need? How Mm -hmm. is it that you want me to show my appreciation to you? What does that look like for you? All right. Mm -hmm. And then implementing what they tell you. Sometimes we ask the question and then there isn't the follow through on, on what they actually said. We still end up doing whatever it is that we thought was the best thing to do. People will tell you what they need. Assure that you're giving people what they need right? Prioritizing wellness. You have to prioritize your team's wellness. If you are not taking the time to check in and say, hey, you're here. We appreciate that you're here, but we need to make sure you're good. And so if that means that we need to hire a relief staff to come in and make sure everyone has breaks, that's what we're going to do. If that means that we need to give additional wellness days, then that's what we're going to do. If we're in a place where we've noticed that you're not working optimally, we're going to get you some relief, then that's what we're going to do. And not waiting for everything to explode before we start to make change. Right now, we're in these places of being extremely reactive to what's happening, but proactivity puts you in position to build resilience. Reactivity puts you in position to learn really well from mistakes if you choose to. But in order for you to build resilience as an organization, you've got to be proactive. You've got to see what's coming and try to hit it off at the past and say, what can we do so that this doesn't have the largest negative impact that it could have? But really prioritizing your team is where you start sitting down with them, doing a burnout survey, ask the questions. They're hard questions. You might feel like there's nothing you can do if you find out 90 percent of your team is burnt out. But the truth is, is that there is something you can do. You can advocate for them. You can take that data to your higher ups and say, we need help. Right. We need help. We need to make this shift and this change because our staff is not doing well.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that um, I'm hearing you say, and, and I've heard other people that say, in, in a very stressful environment, they need and that time out, look after self care and, and wellness for yourself. I think one of the greatest gifts that I ever gave myself was the opportunity for to build self awareness. You know what was taking time out for me, and learning that I'm actually an introvert, which means that if I am around too many people uh, for too long a time, I burn out. You know, talking to for me is is how I, my energy depletes, but being on my own with silence or out of nature is something that just replenishes my soul. Do you think that people need to be understanding more of themselves? What environments allow me to bounce back, restore my energy so that in those moments that they do get time off, they're able to just immerse themselves in whatever it is that's going to help them
0: recoup? Absolutely. I think that as people, but women specifically, we have got to create a non-negotiable self-care plan, right? Non-negotiable. It's on our calendar. Our family knows about it. Our kids know about it, whatever that looks like for us to remain well. So if that's, you know, early in the morning, your morning routine, what that is, prayer, meditation, right? Reading, whatever that is in the morning that gets you to this place of, all right, I can start my day, right? That's self-care time. And then deciding if you need an after work routine. When I come in the door, I need 40 minutes of silence, Mm -hmm. right? It can be done. It can be done. And as hard as it sounds, because people say, well, my kids haven't seen me all day and I walk in the door and they want my attention. Yeah. The more important thing that you teach your children when they see you practicing non-negotiable self-care is their own non-negotiable self-care. Yes. When we start passing down wellness generationally, That's when we change the culture of the way that we live and what we prioritize. Yeah. Right. Everybody needs downtime. I used to teach an abuse and neglect class um, at a hospital. And one of the things that I would talk about really often was we're consistently taking care of people for multiple hours of the day. We get up in the morning, we get our kids together, we get them off, we get off to work. We're on the road, we're scanning the road, we're making sure that everything is safe and everything's happening the way it's supposed to as we drive to to work. We get to work, we're taking care of the people at work and the, the patients that we have, the people around us. We're asking if our co-workers are doing okay, if we can relieve them, whatever that is. We get back in the car, we do the same thing on the road going back home. We get home. We're taking care of elderly parents. We're taking care of children. We're taking care of the spouse. By the time we take care of ourselves, it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight. You'll find that so many women use that time because it's the only time that's quiet. Mm. It's the only time that they have to themselves. But then they're robbing themselves of really good sleep. So there's a catch to that. (laughs) Yes. We don't prioritize self-care with the knowledge that we are continuously taking care of other people all day long, Mm -hmm. 16, 18, 20 hours a day sometimes. We're taking care of something and someone else. So we have to get in position to decide that our own self-care is Mm non-negotiable. That the time that we set out for ourselves will happen And we'll take that time, even if we feel like our cup is full, we'll still take that time because we know that we can fill it just a little bit more. And we've got something in the bank.
1: Yeah, and I can imagine that, you know, as, as you said, you know, the children may not have seen you and the first thing they want to do is rush up to you and talk to you yeah. and all of those things and often it's sharing if, you, if they've got siblings what the siblings did and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you lay some ground rules that could even involve the kids, you know, when you come home we're going to do, you know, 15 minutes of silent reading so that's when you yeah. bring your book. It, once you put those things in place and kind of make it a little bit fun, you know, eventually it, it will be something that the kids can also look forward to. Can you yeah. imagine? They're all sitting there reading for the first 20 minutes. We're going to wind down. We're going to do some breathing or whatever it is and then slowly. But, but yes, you have to get clear on that first, yeah. put those boundaries in place and then stick to those boundaries. But I love the way you've reminded us. Be mindful what you model to your children. Yeah. Are you modelling empowered behaviour, you know, empowered self-care, yeah. Because that really then teaches them resilience too. Like, make it a Absolutely. learning opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Your children will do what you do. They won't do what you say. Oh, they will do right. what you do. And so, if you are passing down, go, 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 busy, 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 never have a moment to yourself, they'll yeah. perpetuate that same idea as yes. they grow forward.
1: Yeah. So important. I mean, you could make that so much fun, couldn't you? You could even go around a table and then let's journal. Let's do some journaling or drawing. How can we express ourselves? We just take some minutes to do that. You know, whatever. Music, whatever you can to really allow them to create an experience. And Absolutely. where mum can kind of just wind down, and then okay, let's get dinner together. I don't know. We could you could make it fun for the kids. I think that they appreciate that too. You can, which is wonderful. Yeah. Look, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Share a little bit, Rashida, if you would, about how people can get in contact with you. What's the best way for you
0: for them to do that? Should they want to find out more about you, your services, and programs. Awesome. Yes. So you can find me um, on my website at RashidaHatchetMedia.com or on Facebook or Instagram at Rashida Hatchet Media. I am there. You can find all things resilience on my website and really dig into what I'm offering there and how you can work with me and help to build your resilience so that you are not just surviving this life, but thriving.
1: Uh, And I'd imagine, uh, Rashida, even though you are based in the U.S., if someone is listening and in another country, logistics is not an issue, is that you would be able to support them no matter where where they're based?
0: Yes, absolutely. Most everything is happening now via Zoom. And so that's one of the beautiful things that has come out of this pandemic is that we've seen that we're able to connect no matter what. Distance and time isn't the barrier that it used to be. So watch that silver lining, right? But absolutely, you can connect with me from wherever you are. And we can begin crafting how we can work together and what that really will look like to get you moving forward and ready for your expansion.
1: Yeah, you know, and and so often getting that external support and someone who understands what you've been through because they have um, walked that journey yourself have come up with strategies and insights and learnings that can fast track your road you're into recovery. I was going to say, but to, to bounce back and build the resilience that you need, and sometimes keep you accountable because I know that it, it can be easy to slip back into. Well, you know, they really needed me at that time. That was right in the middle of your self-care time. Yes. You know, we have someone that says mm, that can go. You know, you're right, Rashida. So getting that support can really often fast track um, how quickly you bounce back. So oh, um, we do not think that we need to journey this on our own there are others such as Rashida um, who've been there before and have implemented the steps to support in uh, turning that around and really building that resilience muscle and it really is a muscle isn't it and you can use those skills um, and strengths around any situation any situation Absolutely, Absolutely. and you need you don't you because otherwise what can happen is something that was very insignificant can suddenly be and we know that there's that saying you know the last straw on the camel's back Mm -hmm. you don't to that stage where, um, you know, you're at that last straw. So get the support, reach out to Rashida and uh, have her help you uh, build those resilience muscles. Thanks again for coming on the show.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series.